This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that would like to tell you a story that takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. On today's episode, we continue our very positive conversation about Disney Plus's Ahsoka. And we're going to give the TARDIS a week off as we continue to explore the lower decks of Star Trek. And then close out with a new segment that may just appear in the post credit. And we're calling it Top 5. It is exactly what it sounds like. And it, it's not maybe. It's it's going to be in our post credit. We're not, we're, yeah, not pulling a punch here. Um, but before we do that, let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Lucas. I'm Bridget. And I'm Emilia. And today, for once, we are not going to forego the verse news, where we bring you the latest in TV, film, pop culture, and superhero news from across the cinematic universes and beyond. So let's see what the Verse Squad has come up with this week. Who wants to shoot first? Well, Warm, I feel like you have some big news. I mean, I oh, guess big news. I guess we should just break the biggest news there is. Uh, let's break it. The WGA and has and the TMA P whatever um, have finally come to an agreement, uh, tentative agreement, but an agreement to end the writers' strike. In the entertainment industry. Yeah. Which is obviously great, great news. It ends officially at 12.01 on the 27th of September. So that's end. It's a three-year deal from what I've heard, which to me makes so much sense because like how long of a deal can you make when everything's in so much flux and it's so crazy? So I feel like three years is good if we'll revisit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, On that, uh, Craig Mazin, the writer of The Last of Us, has announced that the starting tomorrow, if the agreement, this was earlier in the day, if the agreement is agreed upon, starting tomorrow, they are going to finish season two of The Last of Us writing it. So, so excited to hear that. Now, if the actors can uh, settle their dispute too. We can maybe get some productions happening again soon. Fingers crossed. Well, there is some good news there. They are meeting again this week now. So hopefully that goes well. Very cool. Well, I suppose I could say my news. Um, I don't know if everybody saw the trailer for The Fall of the House of Usher, which is the Mike Flanagan's newest series that's coming out on Netflix. It premieres October 12th. I highly recommend you watch the trailer. But you, it also means you have time. You have a couple weeks to catch up on all of his past work. If you have not watched uh, House on Haunted Hill, which is I think is his greatest one he's done, uh, you should also watch uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, which is a beautiful love story. It's not so much a ghost story. It's more of a love story. 
Thank you. Ghosts. Thank you for saying that. Everyone's yeah. like, no, 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 it's a ghost. No, no, it's not. It's a love story with ghosts, and I love it for that. It's it's beautiful. And then uh, Midnight Mass has is fastly becoming one of my favorite shows to revisit every Halloween because it's creepy and gross and, and depressing and has some of the best monologues. And it's divisive because some people hate the monologues. But I adore that show because of these weird religious monologues that go on for like 10 minutes. So anyway, it's a, it's a treat. So I recommend you have two weeks. You can just watch all those and then be ready for the haunting of, oh, sorry, the fall of the House of Usher. Which was a great book I remember reading growing up. So Well, the thing is the, the whole, because I was like, how are they going to make a show out of like a short story how are they gonna get like eight episodes it turns out it's all of poe's greatest short stories oh that they, yeah oh so cool. that's i mean once i heard so i've, I've been not watching a lot of the the, the footage of it because i just want to be surprised but as soon as i heard that i was like okay we're in good hands and i saw the different uh books they were pulling from and i was like yeah this is going to be really cool oh, that, okay. is, that sounds very fun yeah i will say because uh the what it's it's a it is a very short story for Poe too. They all are though. I mean, like the Mask of the Red Death is going to be in it. There's going to be um, the Cask of Amontillado. It's going to yes. be like that's one. Of my yeah, favorites. it's going to be it's like all my favorite ones. I'm sure the Telltale Heart will make it in there. Well, I mean, so it's like uh, it's his greatest work. They're going to now have do Flanagan's uh, translation. You know, Telltale Heart and um and the, the Raven are obviously the ones that everyone oh, always flocks there, to. Yeah. But I love the Mask of the Red Death. That is by yeah. far my favorite post story. Um, House so of, relevant. Fall of the House of Usher COVID. is up there. Yeah, I mean they're all great. And the idea though that um, Flanagan has such a wonderful troupe of actors. I mean, I'm trying to think of the other directors that do this. Like all my favorite directors, though, they get a stable of actors that they just work with over and over and over again. And uh, Ryan Murphy does this often, as well as, um, uh, I mean, I just think of most of my favorite directors, they usually have their like go-to actors. And it's just, uh, it's so fun to watch them in every series, kind of like sub in and switch out and change characters. So anyway, I'll be quiet. And I'm really hoping that we're going to cover it though, when it it launches, we'll see. We'll see. I'm just kind of (laughs) like, I'm having more flashbacks to AP English because I had a teacher who was obsessed with Edgar Allan Poe. And I mean, we just talked about it, read about it, dissected Edgar Allan Poe so in depth that like my eyes and ears were bleeding by the time we finished AP English my junior year. So you're saying all these stories? You're saying and I literally have not heard them in at least five to six years. And now I'm like, whoa. And it immediately took me right back. Like I can remember essays, papers, like everything. Oh, well my God. work here is Wait, done. Did, if I did made it? you think of boring English classes. No, I oh, didn't say it was class. boring. I'm just oh. saying we did it to <laughs> death. I loved English class. Wait, it, didn't we on the last podcast talk about like how every single English teacher in high school loved Hawthorne Poe and okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the fall Almost down obnoxiously drunk. So, yeah. the, the fall down drunk uh, world war two time Hemingway well, Melville. Oh, they also love yeah. Melville. Um, but the only his short story Steinbeck one that, Steinbeck, by the way, I revisited Steinbeck not so long ago. God damn was a good writer. Yeah, yeah, look, I was stories very, are so I had relevant. a very unpopular opinion in ninth grade that I actually really liked um, Grapes of Wrath. Oh, I loved it. I finished I it, liked like, it in, in, a, ninth in two grade. nights or something crazy. 
Well, I remember reading it. Like I waited because I didn't want to read it. I didn't want to read it. And I finally like it was due in a couple days. I just like plowed through that whole book in like a couple days. It was insane. My unpopular opinion about literature in high school um, is still a very unpopular one. And that is all the guys we mentioned earlier are better than William Shakespeare. Eh, Yeah, I I said it. Playwright. One's a playwright. It's a very different medium, Norm. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Um, He's not going to care. He's dead. (laughs) Will I am Shakespeare um, can can just, you know, forget it. He's great. Nobody, Nobody does turns a phrase like him, though. If you say so. Okay. We're going to make Norm do a soliloquy from Shakespeare before this podcast ends. All right, so uh, um, who else? Who's got the news? Give me the news. Uh, I'm going to get on the Doctor Who beat since we're not planning on covering Doctor Who today. <laughs> Talk about that trailer that was just released a couple of days ago uh, for the new season 14, I want to say. It's my lucky yeah, number. I think I'm pretty sure it's season 14 of Doctor Who and Don't you mean uh, series fourteen? Sorry, series fourteen BBC (laughs) (laughs) of uh New Who, which is very, very exciting for many reasons. And uh Okay. I I thought this was like, you know, we were keeping it like a little bit under wraps, but uh, but it's come to my attention that apparently everybody just already knows David Tennant is the fourteenth doctor. Um people may be wondering how is that he was also the 10th doctor i don't know you're gonna have to watch the series to find out um but he's back for a uh like a kind of like a truncated arc just a few episodes and i mean they've been having his face on every poster yeah and every, it's, like, it's, it was uh, it was not a secret <laughs> it was all over twitter <laughs> yeah. i'm assuming instagram it was all over facebook yeah. there was no hiding that that's the only thing i know about it is that yeah me too it. okay so we've got David Tennant back for a truncated arc and Donna as well. In my opinion, the most iconic doctor duo, doctor companion duo, uh, or at least one of the most iconic. And it looks like it's going to be very dramatic and probably really heartbreaking at the end. Um, Oh, and also Neil Patrick Harris is there. So that's fun. And at the end, we're going to see the newest reincarnation of the doctor, who we also already know is um, going to be played by Shuti Gakwa. Uh, from Sex Education and also the Barbie movie, probably among other things. So that's very, there's a lot coming at us. That, that's very exciting. So, uh, so that, so that was some lovely Doctor Who news. Um, BB, you got anything? You I work on the news. Did. I would assume you have something to offer. Well, kind of. Norm stole my news because <laughs> that's the, the actual news, news I was that, covering. That is the actual news. So uh, we'll just double um, down. <laughs> But this is relevant because this was also in the news this week. As of this week, Netflix will no longer do mail order DVDs. Oh, I know. It's such a bummer, man. I thought that Wait, that had already but, happened. No, no, but leads to, a, leads to a trivia. Leads to a trivia question. September 29th is the last day. But here's the trivia question. What was the first mail order DVD? Are you you're asking me what movie was the fa- yeah, what, first? Yeah, is that the oh. question? Yeah, I'm gonna what go, movie go was Lord the, of the first Rings. mail ordered? Um, <clears throat> you mean from Netflix? The first one they shipped from out? Netflix. The first okay. one they shipped out. I it was in 1998. Oh, okay. 
I don't know, Clueless. Oh, wait, really? It was 1998? Never mind, then it obviously wasn't Lord of the Rings. 98. I'm trying to think what I was watching. It'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious if it was like Gone with the Wind or uh, Citizen Kane, but I know no, it's going to be something stupid. Star Wars. Mar- Mars Attacks. No, I think I'm going to go with The Matrix, and I'm going to. That's my final answer. I'm going with. Mars Attacks is great. I'm going with Mars Attacks. Amelia, what did you say? Star Wars and you hope. Star Wars. I don't know. And the, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Because I'm about to shake it up with Shakes and Yura because it was Beetlejuice. Yes. Ah. That's not a bad Shakes one, though. That's a, that's interesting. How odd. Yeah. But appropriate. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Anyways, now you know. The more you know. Mm-hmm. I think that was great news. Honestly, like I was here. You could order the DVD and you just get to keep it. And I was like, there's too many options. I, I can't do that. I know. That's what I was wondering now. If you were order order one tomorrow. They say you don't have like, to return it. You don't yeah. have to return mm. it. Because so. otherwise it's just going to end up in a landfill somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. But anyways. Good news for people who like bad news. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Which is most people. Yeah. All right, so I suppose that was the news. Uh, <laughs> Everyone okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. All right, we're all fine. <laughs> he just um, needs five. He's he's mourning the loss of DVDs. He's sure. Physical media will return. <laughs> so that was the news. <laughs> Shall I move on to talking about Ahsoka episode six? Oh, yeah. Episode six, which is titled Far, Far Away. And if the previous episode was a love letter to the Clone Wars, this is a love letter to Rebels without a doubt. Agreed. So because I was so excited to see Thrawn return, I went and found all of the Thrawn novels. So I listened to the entire audiobooks of the of Thrawn. Thrawn Alliances, and then Thrawn uh, uh, Traitor or something like that. I binged them all last week because I was like so into Thrawn. And I was like, didn't realize they had released this entire trilogy that is like his story. And it's so good. Like I I literally wrote BB. I'm like, oh my God, BB, you got to get uh, the, the audio books because the, the narrator is incredible. He does all the different voices. They have the sound effects. They have the music. It's a whole production. And uh, it just shows you how awesome Thrawn is. And then I figured out the the appeal of Thrawn is those novels, especially. He's like Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Well, he's Moriarty. Well, no, not that's the thing is in these books he's not because he's the star, and you realize his motivations are are actually he's not so much a villain as just kind of a tragic character because <laughs> he actually has very noble intentions for saving his people, the Chiss. But you know he ends up teaming up with the empire because that's like the best way to preserve his people. So they give him this great, like, you know, this noble motivation uh, for all of his actions. It's really cool. And I highly recommend listening to those three, but bo- or reading those three books, the it, road, to, his head. the road to hell is paved with good intentions, my friend. Exactly. And that's, what's great about his character. I, I just think it, it really filled in for me 
even more my love with this character. So I, I remember, and Lucas, you, you remember reading the old, the non-canon Star Wars books that had yes. Thrawn in it and whatnot. And I always loved him as a char- a, like a villain. And when they brought him in in uh, Rebels, I was like, yes, I cannot wait. I was so excited for him. And of course, he delivered to be, to the point where I think he might be my favorite Star Wars villain. He is now. Uh, now he's. I don't even see him as a villain anymore, though, uh, because there's also all these other side characters that are um, in those novels that are they're Imperials, yet they're they're sympathetic. Um, uh, is this guy Eli Vanto, Vanto who uh, is kind of like the perspective of the first novel because he's like this like this ensign who starts out, and like now I'm like, where is that guy? And I don't want to spoil anything because I kind of know where he is, but like it's awesome all these other characters and it makes you really kind of like feel for the Imperials a little bit because a lot of them are just caught up in you know trying to get a job and trying to uh, you know move up the chain of command and they have to deal with like Vader so by the way Vader is in the second novel and him in and and it even jumps back into pre like the Clone Wars with with um, Thrawn and and Anakin Anakin, have a team up it's so cool anyway that's why I was like Bridget you gotta listen to this Um, rant over I will it's on the to-do list yeah. But I think one, starting right off the bat, the actor that plays Thrawn in Ahsoka, Lars Mikkelsen, it was also the voice of Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels. So if you're like, God, that guy did such a good impression, it was not <laughs> an impression. impression. It was indeed him. Indeed. Uh, and honestly, I I am really glad that they went that route. Because honestly, like he fully embodied that character, yeah. And just he is Thrawn, and the voice, like he is such a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. I yeah, feel I like agree. there was gonna be they and the actor would have had to probably do a way different take because the character is so distinct. So I'm actually really glad that they went with the voice actor because I think that he delivered definitely, yeah. definitely delivers, <laughs> I think the, voice definitely delivers the, the voice. Um, yeah, I, the I I don't know like like. I will say that in Rebels, I felt he was more imposing than he is in this. Maybe I just haven't had enough and I want more. And that's just me being, you know, greedy. So uh, what? tell us about what happened in this episode, though, Bridget. We know we okay. all love Thrawn now. So what happened? We all episode? love Thrawn. So here's the deal. The space whales. Star whales. Oh, star whales. The pergill. The pergill. All right. So. Ahsoka is trailing behind Sabine uh, and what's his face? The other bad guy. Why can't ba- why did ba- I just blink out? Balin. 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 They took off with the plans from the little star map that seemed flawed. And we'll talk about that at a later date. But anywho, <laughs> uh, they took off first. So then Ahsoka is behind in tow using the star whales. Well, anyways, we end up locating in a galaxy far, 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 far away, Thrawn, who we've been looking for forever, and he is, like, built up like a baby, rub- not like a baby army, let's say, and it's like, I don't want to say... Did he build like, up, or did no, he, he lose just, down two? Yeah, oh, yeah, good point. He, they got pared down. <laughs> good point. He but said it's there's, basically there's been like, many casualties. I will say... It was his army that was there was basically just like a bunch of worn out stormtroopers. 
Like they they've been through it. Like they've got different mm-hmm. body armor. They're dingy. They, they're not in like the pristine white uniform. They replaced it. Like so, what happens with in like Japanese culture when you break ceramics? You, oh like, yeah, I was saying repla- uh, you replace Kinsuga. it with gold, right? So yep. yeah, there's like a whole thing. So you, if you notice, their their armor has been like fused together with all these like red and gold. It's like super cool, as if they've been broken and remended. Yeah. Yeah, no, they have the the kinsugi, kinsugi, kinsugi. Yeah, the kinsugi like look to them where they're bending everything with gold and and whatever else. Creepy. You find. Yeah, Just especially the one like the head stormtrooper had the gold face. That was, was so cool. By it was, the way, it so was we cool. got to talk about creepy. him. So his name is Enoch? Captain Enoch, played by West Chatham. So you guys never saw. Um, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, the Expanse, which is one of my favorite sci-fi shows of all time. Like it ranks up there. It's in like my top five. Uh, and he plays one of the best characters in it. And so seeing, I didn't know it was him because you can't really tell. It's no. just that awesome face. Um, but no, seeing that he was in the cast list made me so excited. Because uh, I really love that actor. He he played one of the best characters and he brought so much to that role. Um, so seeing him in it, I'm excited. I'm I'm. I'm kind of like curious how they're going to bring personality to a character that's behind a mask. But hey, they've done it before. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we meet. There's a lot of new characters we meet in this episode. Sort of new. New to. No, not really new. He was new. But like a lot of characters from Rebels. Oh, like the Night Sisters? No. I, that's why I said new. But then I was like, it's the first time we're seeing them in person. Yeah. Yes. The Night Sisters we have not seen in person. Same with Thrawn up until now. So the Night Sisters were Clone Wars, Rebels, uh, plot. They're like witches, and they looked really awesome. They looked like the Night like, Sisters. <laughs> they looked like Night Sisters. Um, so we meet them all on this planet where Thrawn is now trying to like get off this planet that they've been like banished to. But we have Thrawn, but at first we don't have Ezra. And ideally, the the or I, the idea was Ezra and Thrawn were going to be together. We weren't because, sure. But, but we, we weren't sure. Yeah. So whatever. We get Thrawn and Sabine basically makes a deal with him. And she's like, I'm going to go find Ezra. And she goes out into these wastelands. And you know what she does? She, she finds be- Ezra. I would say. <laughs> she, and she befriends some like crab, cool little hermit crab people, which I actually, Who I loved. I really like those. Yeah. We're pretty cool. They're like, super cool. I like those. And I like the, the wolf. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. The wolf. The wolf dogs? The wolf dogs. I just think it was really fun. The the, the thing that looked like uh, from Avatar, The Last Airbender. um, Oh, that the Fire Nation rides? Yeah, yeah, that thing. (laughs) The the, the weasel thing. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I guess a weasel, like a giant weasel. They're they're called howlers in the the show. Um, That's all I can tell you about those things. I do like that they act like dogs, and that's very cute, and it makes me... Just want to pet my big dog. Who's I just like that they brought in new uh, creatures. New, new I really like that everything. And this like wasteland of a planet. You know, it still has like it's not like a wasteland. It's not, but it has, you know you can tell it's very barren. Not a desert. Definitely not a desert. Thank God. Um, no, and then you also have these cool like uh, samurai, Ronin samurai that are just like attacking people out of nowhere. And then you get Sabine using a lightsaber. I mean, it was a good episode. They were like they were like the cool sand stuff. people almost. Yeah, 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 very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. living off the land. Um, but I did like the little turtle characters, and uh, I had a question for the group. So they have like all their 
their shirts and pants. But like, if you have a shell, you can't put a shirt on over your head. Like, how do they get the shirts on? I that's why I said I can see can come out of their shells. You think so? Yeah. Everyone should come out of their shell eventually for a little bit every day, just a little bit. But then you can go back in your shell. It was one of those things that was really bothering me, where I'm like, like, yeah, they should at least show them come out of the shell because I was like, or they have to like. That's why I thought they were hermit crabs. I thought they were hermit crabs. I was like, oh, we're gonna use this as a means of defense. But we obviously cover the really important things on this podcast. So we, we, we figured out the shell. <laughs> How thing. do the snail dudes get their shirts on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hard hitting um, questions. <laughs> but how excited were you guys to see the return of Ezra? It was fine. It was a little <laughs> yeah, underwhelming. <laughs> I will say, yeah, it was, it was a little underwhelming. It was just, I don't know. Uh, He's very was, charming. Yeah, it was fine. I lo- the guy they got to play him is spot on. I was like, whoa. I mean, both Sabine also and, and him, you know, the, they casted very well for this show. Um, I agree. I want to point out something that I didn't notice until somebody on Reddit I did a zoom in on, on the poster of Ezra. His What you think is this chain mail that he's wearing underneath his shirt is actually dog tags of stormtroopers. He has like 30 dog tags <laughs> of stormtroopers. I was like, I oh, so it. Thrawn's like, oh, like, dark oh, twist. Yeah. Yeah, so he like all those guys that were hunting Ezra probably for ten years, like they they probably just stopped th- knowing Thrawn, who's a strategist, was like, yeah, this isn't worth it anymore. He's just killing all of our dudes. There's a tipping point, and we're past yeah. it. You know, and like the truth is, it, Thrawn's right. Like they leave there, they're stranded. Like who cares? Like enjoy your you know exile. I will say that he seemed like almost a little too laid back. For I know when he I would be Sabine. freaking out. That's, right. why, that's why it was a little underwhelming. He was just like, oh, cool, you're here. He I like, knew you would come. Yeah, and nice I know I tell him. Emily all the time to play it cool, but he might have played it too cool. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, my God, took you long enough. Yeah, I got some things <laughs> to do, but okay, I guess we can hang out for a bit. <laughs> I, 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 got a pot, I got a kettle on. We can have some tea quick, but uh, we got to help these guys get out first. Yeah, yeah we got to leave. I'm sorry that you just roamed half the galaxy to find me, but we got to pack up and move. She gave it right back to him. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, but then also she wasn't was like, this is, this is the weirdest like, reunion I've ever she seen. She can't get a hot beverage first? Like, come on. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. And she was like, oh, yeah. I just... Also, stumbled also, over my way. Here. If dabbing was... up was a thing in Star Wars, that's what would have happened. He would have been like, oh, what's up, man? <laughs> but if I was him, I'd be like, okay, so where's your ship? <laughs> like, let's get going. Yeah. Right, that's what like didn't make sense to me. It was like, Where wouldn't it? he have been waiting for this moment to leave? Is it like an orbit? Did maybe, you park it somewhere? Because I was just thinking that all of our predictions were wrong, but like maybe this... This over chillness is like not all that it seems, and maybe oh. there is something darker lurking. I I do have a theory that we'll talk about a little bit later, but yeah, um, I don't think it's darker, or maybe it is darker considering, but I don't think it's nefarious. That's the word I want to use. I don't think it's nefarious either. Although well, we know I, there's something darker, but I don't. I but don't there, there's something darker lurking on this in this whole situation because of Balin and his whole. Thing, right he's well, like right something, yeah something calls to me and so we know there's some shady stuff here that Ooh, and I is going to be complicated we'll talk about oh. that when we get to spoilers okay 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 
So um, yeah, anything else that we want I to- I thought it was a a, a good episode. Uh, definitely not as strong as the previous episode for me. For me, not as strong. Good episode, not as strong. Same. Um, some good character development without actually doing a lot of plot again, which is actually starting to worry me. <laughs> and we talked about this before, like like things have to happen. And I felt like, yes, this did it, but the episode took longer to do than what they did in the episode should have been about half the time in the episode. That's how I felt about it. So yeah, I did Emily, kind of feel, the... I'm going to be honest. I did feel like it dragged a little. Thank you. <laughs> I, although I wasn't sure if it was just me because I was really tired when I watched it. So I was sort no. of like, I was a bit like, Ugh. <laughs> but, um, but uh, so then it gave me the impression that it dragged a little. So maybe it's a combination of being tired and that being I, I did not criticism. feel that way at all because I was enjoying it thoroughly. Um, and yes, I admit I was like, that's all we get for now. Like, damn it, I want to keep watching. So I'm very excited to watch the next few. And I will say, though, I am nervous now because we have, what, two more to go? Two or is more. it three or two? Two. We have two more to go. And now I'm like, okay, so this is going to end with them just getting out of here, escaping, and that's it. So it's going to be end on a complete cliffhanger. I don't think it's going to be a cliffhanger as much. Oh, you sure? I think it's going to be I... an end of a season and the, the end of the season, again, <laughs> theories now, Uh for this would be at the end this end of the season is Thrawn escapes. Yeah, I think Thrawn's gonna escape and they're gonna escape too. Like they're everybody's gonna get yeah. out of they're already gonna leave this place behind. And uh and it's gonna tease up like a big so my theory is I and we'll get into it if we wanna just do it. Should we just jump into theories? Sure. I mean I'll be vague about it, but I think they're gonna tease up the next big bad for because there's a movie coming, by the way. Filoni mm-hmm. is going to be doing a movie so this is going to tee up the next big bad and we can talk theories about who we think it is yeah i mean if Anyone? you want to talk about that i mean it's it's obviously going to have to be snoke but at the hest of thrawn i disagree because i listened to all the three novels <laughs> i think it's going to be uh the gris is it the gris it's going to be literally what they've been teasing the Grisk who is, or the enemies that are like unseen evil enemies that have been supposedly going to attack the Empire or the Chiss, which is Thrawn's people. And they're really creepy, like, because nobody ever sees them. And they, they usually, like, they take over entire civilizations with just like a few of them. And they mm. infiltrate. So I'm that's my theory is that he's going to come back to the em- and like try to over try to reunite the empire not to take over the rebels but to unite everybody to take on the Grisk. that's my theory sure that's why that, i'm like but i that's don't what think I'm saying, he's as like, much of a villain but like, he might do it badly as in yeah I, and i think that's going to lead people. to snoke coming into power like cuz there's going to be a there's going to have to be a power yeah. vacuum cuz eventually thrawn's got to go away and snoke True. has to come to power so i think that's right. where i was going and the rebels, ha- or the the what's it called, the new republic. The new, the new republic has the, to fall as well. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Bridget, wow, that Emily that was really wrapped up super quickly. <laughs> that's all. That's all that has to happen. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, it's going to tease the new big bad by the end. 
Yeah, I will say that I hope that we get off this planet in the next episode, and that leaves like one more episode. No, okay, Norm shaking his head. We're not I getting off. The, we're not getting off this planet the next. Okay, episode. can you just let me manifest what I want, Norm? <laughs> sure. You know, okay. No, 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 go, go can ahead. you just I'm let sorry. me look? I wasn't gonna say anything until you said Norm shaking his head. <laughs> it's kind of hard to ignore. Okay. You have a huge head. Better. There you go. Thank you. Way better. <laughs> All right. Um, I will say that it's going to be interesting where they leave this season off and where they end up picking up in a possible season two because there's so much storytelling, like Lucas just said, before we even remotely get to the sequels. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I don't know. I mean, I liked this episode. I think the episode before, before this I will stand by. I think it was one of the best episodes of Star Wars I may have ever seen. So, I mean, that's like a really high bar. Mm-hmm. Or at least I enjoyed level, it yeah. that much. That March, that much. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I still think it was a solid episode. I think the storytelling is really, really good. I like that we were at a different location on a new planet. We saw new characters. And I thought that they have very much been delivering translating the animation to the live action and it looks really good i loved the characters in this episode i don't know i just i'm not sure where this is gonna go and so i'm just kind of here for the ride i'm just gonna sit be a fan for the next two episodes and just whatever happens happens i'm just a little nervous but you know i'll take six episodes if i had if i have to erase two out of eight episodes, that would be fine with me because the first six have been really good. So, I'm waiting for Emily to. Oh, wrap this I know up. that's what I was thinking uh, too. I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fine here. Thank you. How are you? Um, I'm looking forward to the to how they wrap it up. I don't have very much to add at this time. Thrawn seems cool. I, I'm always a fan of a Mickelson villain. <laughs> Good point. They are the best villains. <laughs> they do make great villains. Oh, I also, I do love the fact that they did have to get Ahsoka into the uh, Ahsoka show somehow, and she was only in the first, like, two and a half minutes of the episode, <laughs> and then we never see her for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I kind of missed Ahsoka a little in this episode. I, I knew, I, I know they had, were focusing on other things, but could use a little more. We got like Sabine, this, this though. This should have been Ahsoka? Like a question mark. Question mark. <laughs> Where is she? Or like sort of Ahsoka? <laughs> Ahsoka-ish? So uh, a little bit of um, behind or deeper dive into this a little bit. Um, the temple that Thrawn is currently inhabiting, that the Night Sisters were a part of and whatnot, is actually a Zepho temple. I'm saying Zepho, but Zepho is a planet, but the people- I saw people say this. What does that mean? So in Fallen Order, the video game, they really, Cal Kestis really like goes into this. Um, The Zepho sages, there's three of them. And this will sound really familiar to Bridget and Lucas because it reminds you of the father, Mm -hmm. the daughter daughter and the son. And the son. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there are three Zepho sages who are very force sensitive. And of course, there's a balance, a light side and a dark side. And they originally 
started out, they believed on the planet Zepho because that's where the first contact was with them. But apparently, most likely they came back from this this planet or whatever you want to, this system that they're currently in because the writing on the temple walls are the same writing you find in Fallen uh, Order with the Zepho cool. temples. Okay. So that's why I'm saying, yes, Balin does sense something because there's a ton of force, and especially if he has force echo, like Cal Kestis does in, in um, Fallen Order, then he's definitely sensing a lot of stuff on this planet. Wait, so where does Fallen Order take place in the timeline? Fallen Order takes place uh, during the same time as Rebels. Okay, so this would be before, before mm-hmm. we are. Okay, cool. Good to know. So, so that, which is why I'm saying, um, my thought is, is Ezra knows about this as well. And he's been trying to get close to try and figure out what this is all about. And I think Balin's also feeling it. So I think obviously the two of them are going to clash. Easy prediction. And that's why Emily, uh, I think that's going to be the next episode. I think that's why Ezra's not exactly ready to just like, whoa, let me grab my stuff and get out of here. <laughs> Where's your ride, man? Don't tell me you Uber XL'd this. How are they going to take the whales back? Oh, that's going to be funny. Yeah, like, do they? Those poor whales. <sighs> They're not a taxi. Wait, are we going to see whales die? Because the way that, like, yes. Thrawn was talking, I was like, are they just going to, like, They're going to blast that sky? whale out of the sky. Out of the sky. Yeah. What did he I is, just say? He is supposed to be a big, bad villain, right? Like, Yes. The baddest. Well, he's he's a master sh- strategist. Yeah. Okay. And he is actually an amazing strategist. All right. Well, All right. any uh, parting thoughts on this episode of Ahsoka, then? It was two episodes left. <laughs> yeah, two episodes left. Uh, a de- decent amount of story to tell. I don't. I don't. I mean, I, it just I think depends on where they want to end it. So I, I, I think they're setting it up for season two. They're going to cut us off on Thrawn escaping, and that's I think fine. If you think of this as uh, Rebels season five, yes. whatever or six, whatever the, what we were up to. If you think of it like that, it probably wouldn't be as disappointing, right? Like if you're like, oh, that fits in with the rest, and that's kind of what these seasons do. Dave Filoni okay literally it. said this is an extension yeah. of Rebels, and yeah. in a way, then then it's like I should not be surprised, and I'll I'll let that kind of affect how I view where they ended. That it was like just the end of another season. And not like a one-off, self-contained, like Andor, right? Which isn't also because apparently there's not over. But at the same two. time, they could have ended it there; it would have been fine. Like, yeah. which I appreciate is when it has an ending. Agreed. All right. Well, in that case, why don't we move on over to uh, to our other star-related universe, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. So, the last time we talked about this was a couple episodes ago, and uh, Norm and Lucas, you just went over the first two episodes? Correct. Correct. Okay, and there's been two more since then. Correct. So, the Vexalon something, and the In the wedding. cradle of Vexalon. In the cradle of Vexalon. Because I, I want to point something out about this episode before we dive in, which is, I started watching it and I was like, wow, somebody's a fan of Larry Niven. <laughs> and I've mentioned him before because we talk about Halo how the halo ring was originally envisioned by this writer, Larry Niven, which is this ring around a star. And turns out, as I kept watching the episode, I was like, oh, there's a Kazinti 
And I was right. I thought it was just like they snuck it in there. But if I was reading into it, they were like, yeah, they intentionally put in all these little like I love you letters to uh, this sci-fi writer that I'm a huge fan of, Larry Niven. Highly recommend reading his stuff. I'm sorry. Now you can proceed. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good context. Um, so that episode and then also the episode uh, something green, something borrowed, something green. Yep. Yes. Called, yes. Didn't get that mixed up. Which is a Mawage episode. Yes, it is Mowage. in theory a wedding episode. Wait, guys, I have to tell you, I just performed a wedding like a couple weeks ago, and I did Wait. sneak in that into the ceremony. Nice. <laughs> did you get? Did you get ordained? Yeah, where's your yes. certificate? Oh my god, I'm so jealous. Wait, I've always wanted to stand by. a wedding. Stand really? By. Or officiate? I mean, I've always wanted to officiate a wedding. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Pastor Doctor Bridget Brogan, BS. <laughs> Dr. Minister Brogan. You dropped Mowage? Is what, like, um, I did. I had Mowage. to get... I'm, I had to sneak in... Listen, I, I take marriage very seriously, but I had to sneak in some humor into this ceremony. One of us. And I talked about it. <laughs> haha. And I talked about it with my... It was my cousin that got married. And as a joke before, I was like, what do you want me to say? And he just kept... Every time I would ask him, he would be like, Mowage! <laughs> And so I said, okay, I got to get in there. And then the other one is, have you ever guys seen I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? Yes. No. no. Okay. With Adam so, Sandler and yes. Adam Sandler. Yeah, Adam Sandler. No. Um, I know of it. So there's Rob Schneider runs a wedding chapel in the movie. And he performs like five or six weddings throughout the whole movie. And every time he goes to explain the wedding rings, he goes, love, it's a circle. And he just does it like 12 times. So I made sure to get up and I did love is a circle. (laughs) Anywho. Well, we don't really get the marriage in that episode. Well, we'll get into it because we should start on. But anyway, congrats, Bridget. Maybe you'll, this is the first of many now that you're ordained. Anybody, any of our listeners, any verse listeners, you need a clergyman, clergywoman. I'm I'm very excited now because. Ask me. I'm very excited now, right? Because Emily literally, has a one. literally, if there's ever a vampire like attack, we just grab Bridget and she can make holy water like that. I don't think that's, that's how that works. I'm pretty sure that's how it works, Bridget. <laughs> I am like 90. percent You have a certificate you s- from God. You show that to the, vamp- the vampires. <laughs> Wait, I showed my dad and my my fam- my dad's family is like uber religious. Like my grandmother is very old school Catholic, and I showed my dad the certificate. And he was like, don't show your grandmother. <laughs> Is yours not like a religious? Sorry, we're getting way off track. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're really getting out of here. I like this conversation, though. But we'll tie it in. Let's We'll tie it in somehow. Um, um, I'm just... B squared is now a member of the clergy, okay? And I can perform <laughs> marriages whenever I want. B.A. Brogan, member of the cloth. A member yes. of the clergy? Like, could I? Like, yes. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah. It you took two seconds. Could, but All you had to pay like is 50 bucks. bucks. Oh, 50. Wow. wow. It's 50 bucks. a lot less exclusive Inflation. than I thought it was. Inflation, man. Yeah. I'm sure there's other ways to go about it. If you want to, like, join a priesthood or a, a nunnery or something, maybe. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> No. Oh, God. Hey, you could be a monk. You just have to you shave the head. You could be a warrior monk. Instead of the sides, you have to do the top. Okay. Just be patient. I'm sure somebody will want to get married around you in a circle, and they'll turn to you. Maybe, maybe. I'll so, in, in the cradle, okay, <laughs> in the cradle of Vexilon. In the cradle of Vexilon. Um, so, what happens on this episode? Well, 
Boimler leads his first away mission on an alien megastructure. So we get to see Boimler tr- having to deal with command for the first time. And he does it the same way I do it, which is, you know what? You're not going to do it right. I'm worried about you messing up. I- I'll just do it myself, which is a terrible uh, habit that some of us have, uh, partly because, you know, you don't want the person to screw up, partly because you're worried about their safety. Um, so he ends up having to deal with that, which definitely spoke to me because I've had employees and I definitely feel more comfortable doing a lot of stuff on my own. What spoke to me was uh, Captain Freeman basically doing the same thing, but in a different way. Not like, oh, I'm worried about. No, no, I can still do this because I, I used to be able to do this. So check it I'm out. Expert. I'm going to fix this ancient computer because I had like a class once and I used to yeah. do this. I, I identified with with uh, uh, Jerry O'Connell's character. Uh, I can't think of his name off. Uh, Ransom. 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 Yeah. Uh, I identify with him being like, but we have people to do this. You don't need to. No, don't. You're going to mess. No, don't. Like I, I identified with him in this episode the most. Hit a little too close to home. Yes. But, you know, I thought it was a fun episode. I really liked it. Um, had all the flavors of Star Trek. We got to see all the different, uh, how the characters are interacting. <clears throat> we also had the other ones back on ship, mm-hmm. uh, Rutherford and all them trying to, that one I was like confused what was happening. They had to like scan all these chips and there's a guy that was, you know, scared of getting stuck into a game that would make you live a whole lifetime a la inner light, whatever. From, from well, they thought they were being They thought they were being hazed. Yes. So they were going to haze back. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was less as it was to me, not as resonant as the other two, as we just said, but still a pretty strong episode for that reason. It, you know, had some good humor, understood where the characters are coming from. They almost destroyed an entire alien megastructure. That's always fun. And hijinks ensued. <laughs> and yeah. I, and everyone looked always. really tired by the end. Yes. Which is what I related to most. <laughs> <laughs> the fatigue the fatigue it was a solid episode um, um, yeah. I will say that um, out of the four that have aired so far it's probably my least favorite but still good really because I think the next one for me is my least favorite but... really, really? I'm oh. actually going to go with that was my favorite of, like of this one. season interesting I guess I'm just not into weddings guys what? It wasn't really a wedding. Yeah, it wasn't a wedding. I was more into the Orion culture. I love Tendi. Tendi might Listen, be my favorite character. I enjoyed character. seeing the Orion Tendi's culture adorable. stuff. Well, why don't we just jump into it then? Yeah, let's do it. So, so let's jump the broom. Something borrowed. Oh, nice. <laughs> something borrowed, something green. Something green. Tendi's sister is going to get married. And of course, her. Um, I can't remember the name of the uh, the Vulcan that goes along with them. And Mariner all decide to go to this wedding of Tendi's sister. And of course, Tendi's sister gets kidnapped because that's the Orion tradition to be held ransom. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> Quite a few hijinks. I will say, Lucas, though, um, while I loved the main story of this one, the B-plot was, eh, with Rutherford and and uh, and Boymore just... Yeah, but then maybe that's what it was. Is I, I mean, the Mark Twain thing was like, I giggled a little, and yeah, I, the was, one thing I did like is they had the um, who was this creature in it that was like the I, alien that was like all mad and angry? Yeah, I can't remember, um, but it was, when he ate the bonsai tree, I did laugh a little bit because they were like so, and I, I could empathize with that. It was like a long setup for that joke. Yeah, exactly. The rest of it was great. 
The B plot um, so, but, was a little weaker, but I appreciated it because I could just tell that like it was it would it would have been very fun for them to record that, and I liked that. <laughs> I liked seeing them in my mind's eye in the recording booth. No, no, no! Also, you I- have to do the voice. You can't just. <laughs> And have you ever had a, a a really close friend? You were like, we'd be the best roommates because we're like best friends. And then you Ooh. live with them and it doesn't work out that way. I do declare. <laughs> <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that for me, I mean, I guess I could see that. But at the same time, yeah, I was not as you know impressed with the B story. And I kind of knew where they were going with that A story. Like it just not, none of it like shocked me or surprised me or, or was just weird uh, in a way. I guess that was my complaint. Yeah, but I think that's why, like, it's one of those textbook stories that it, like, that's why I think I liked it, because it's still, like, sweet, mm-hmm. and, like, you do know where it's going to go, but, like, so you need those episodes, because I feel like they're palate cleansers, you know, you don't need something that's crazy and, I can you know, outrageous that, yeah. always. I mean, my- I did appreciate the bug, the, the bug that stings your hand, or you have to do a shot, I was like, I would totally want to play that game. <laughs> well- that's the thing I loved about this episode the most was the whole like Tendi being kind of like weird about everything. But the the thing the that the thing that I loved absolutely the most was the fact that Mariner got a taste of what it's like to be Boymore in this one because every time <laughs> they threw a knife, she got stabbed in the same exact spot. And I'm like, wow, she got Boymored. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a good running gag. But I like. This one, because I also really like Tendi, because I feel I don't know I, I I feel like a resonance with her. Like she's like, oh, like people see me a certain way, or like I have all these stereotypes around me. But look, I just like am a nerd. Just let me be a nerd. <laughs> and I think that that's very relatable. And she's also I, got short hair that I in the same style that I have. <laughs> I agree with you on all of those. Short hair crew. <laughs> <laughs> that's true well, that is, is true necessity but yes let's unite sorry Bridget you stay over nice there nice try Lucas yeah I'm, just, I'm out of the <laughs> loop balding doesn't one. count <laughs> you gotta hang out with Picard over in the corner <laughs> I actually can't tell how long your hair is because you're always in darkness <laughs> I'm, I'm always surrounded by what darkness. if like Lucas one day like he turns around he's like a mohawk or something like or I used mullet. to have one when I didn't have a, a bald spot in the back. Well, nice one day, mohawk. one day he takes that the cans surprising. off and, and starts like rubbing his hair and when, just. When my wife faux met hawk, me, or... I had a mohawk and a black eye, from hitting myself in the face with my nunchucks because got way too drunk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this sounds like a bigger story that we're gonna have to dive into later. It's just later. another. It was just another weekend. Or... We we are um... hitting the rum stash, and you are telling me all about this. <laughs> That's incredible. But... Uh, so yeah, I, listen. I might say this is like my least favorite of this season, but it, I still really enjoyed it. I didn't mean to like disparage the episode because this show, as you were saying, Bridget, like it's it's interesting too because when you binge things, you know, there's pluses and minuses. And one of the minuses is, like you said, a palate cleanser. Like sometimes when you just see a good one-off, it's fine. But when you watch them like back to back, it kind of influences your perspective. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, totally. Because uh, also sometimes I think like. When you're binging so much, you kind of like the, the episodes do morph together because yeah. you're watching them back to back to back. There's no distinct oh. separation in your brain from like, oh, this was one episode, this was the other. So, yeah. yeah. So I, that's the thing is I always have a caveat on all this stuff where I'm like, I might rewatch this one again in a few weeks and be like, no, I love this one. So, uh, But I do have to say the the B story was underwhelming to me. 
as much as I do love a good Mark Twain uh, love letter. Did Mark Twain talk like that? <laughs> I do know. It's probably not. Pretty sure. Out. I do declare. I mean, we were talking about Shakespeare and you said uh, turn of phrase. Uh, I actually think okay. Mark Twain's a great turn of phrase. Yes. I didn't bring this up when we were talking about Star Wars, but you like the witches in that, right? Me? Yes. In the Star Wars one? Yeah. So, I like, know. Straight, I know. Straight from like Shakespeare, who also pulls from like a million other things. I will say like, it's the, actually from Greek mythology, from but we'll... Uh... Well, you know... He popularized it. Oh sure, sure. Just like, just like he he popular popularized uh, Tristan and Isolde or whatever it was from Greek mythology and called it Romeo and Juliet instead. The best Don't... artists, the, the best artists steal. Yes, true. Yeah, but like Sometimes. at least you change it enough. Just changing basically the setting and the name of the people isn't exactly. Uh, copyright that's, that's, law wasn't that uh, wasn't that litigious back then. <laughs> well, it would have been a decent amount of time before between the two. So, <laughs> yeah, it's in the public domain. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, anybody else go. last last thoughts on uh, on lower decks? I do have a question. How many episodes do we get this season? Let's see, all episodes. I feel like we're halfway through, or maybe it's a tenner. I think it's a ten. That's what they do with um. Star Trek seems to go by ten. Yep, ten. Cool. So we're not even like halfway through the season. That's great. I'm actually really excited to see that. Star Trek is in the metric system. Is on the metric system of yeah, uh, seasons. which makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as I have said previously too, um, there is a season five already greenlit. So I'm just loving. I'm really enjoying Lower Decks. Such a wonderful addition to the Star Trek universe that I never expected to really like this much. And I have to admit that crossover really, really teased me where I'm like, I would love to see these characters be featured more in live action. So who knows? Maybe we'll get that someday. More crossover. More crossovers. Are they going to have more crossovers? I'm looking at what's happening this rest of the season. Oh, they haven't even announced the names of, of these the rest of the season. So never mind. Well, make sure you subscribe to The Verse wherever you find your podcasts. Apple, Google, Audible, Spotify, whatever. And if you want to follow me, Lucas Longacre, you can follow me at Luconian Logic on Instagram and on Threads and on Facebook. And I think I'm still on X, although I only check in there every now and again. And you can find me, Bridget Brogan, on Instagram. And I should probably say Facebook because I am... Very active on Facebook. Uh, Bridget Brogan 16. I do a lot of content on Facebook. Work, boxing, verse. <laughs> Lots of boxing. I mean, I see a lot Lots of boxing. Lots of boxing. <laughs> Mostly boxing. If you want to Sorry, talk that's about my genre. punching out people. If you want to follow me, you can find me. Um, I am still on Twitter, but I'm not on it that often. At uh, EmiliaU. And I'm also on Instagram at EmiliaFU. Uh, Genius. When she came out of her posting hiatus this week, and I was obsessed. <laughs> I did. I Still did. thinking about it. I don't post a lot, famously. Um, um, I posted twice in like a month, and and then before then, it was like four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is a drought. Um, yeah. and if you want to follow me, Norm Felker, you can follow me on Twitter at random underscore white guy. I'm. I have no other social handles. I'm not a social butterfly like you guys. I'm sorry. Um, 
And finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski, who was last seen trying to start a murder bug drinking game league. Oh, yeah. Sign me up. Wow. Um, He can be found on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram as at Filmsnork. Well, there's our music. Thanks for listening. Keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page at FirstCast. And we'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is produced by Stephen Puzikowski. All right, well, since we had a relatively slow episode, maybe it's time to start our top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Who said that last top five? No time for that, Lucas. We've got to get this segment moving. And uh, for the top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. There it was again. Um, uh, We will give our top five lists for a different subject each time we play. Then at the end, we will vote on who had the best. And you can't vote for yourself. This week, it will be top five wedding scenes from television. So we okay. have to stick to television, huh? That's yep. that's that's the them, them that the was the rule. That was really it was really difficult because my first brain cell went to movies, but I actually I I cranked out a good list. Okay, well okay, then if you're proud of your list, you give it, sister. All right, here we go. Here's the list. You see it? It's written <laughs> down. All right, All right. So going from uh, five to one. So five and four are from the same show, uh, Reba. Oh, Reba. Awesome. I <laughs> okay, did not see so that coming. first season of Reba, there were two weddings. Reba's daughter got married and then Reba's ex-husband got married. So for my fifth episode is when Reba's daughter got married because she is in high school. She gets pregnant and it's like they do a ho- home wedding and it's just a chaotic episode and it's just family dysfunction at its finest. That's number five. Number four comes just a couple episodes later in the same season when Reba's ex-husband gets married. But the fact of the matter is who he's marrying, his like mistress, loves Reba. And she like wants Reba to be in the wedding. And the best part of it is like Reba's like, no, I hate you. But then basically Barbara Jean, the character Reba's uh, like ex-husband's wife, um, her like wedding dress rips and so like Reba comes there to fix it and then Reba ends up sewing herself into the wedding dress so then she has to walk down the aisle at her ex-husband's wedding and <laughs> she doesn't know what to do so she just starts singing oh, Reba. the stars and I are big and bright <laughs> so that's a great episode three speaking of musical episodes we go to Glee now oh. this is is the wedding there's a lot of weddings in glee but this particular wedding is where kurt and finn's <gasps> parents get married oh and they do <laughs> and they Emily do is like oh yeah and they do it like a choreographed like flash mob down the aisle and it's to marry you by bruno mars and i'm ups- i was so obsessed with that in middle school i watched it so many times on youtube it was way better than the office flash mob in my oh, book, this one was it was like okay. It was, it was okay, but this yeah. was choreographed. the The version was really good. It was really sweet. I'll okay. have more to say about the office one shortly. Yes, you're absolutely okay. right. It was, the flash mob part is the most annoying part of the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs>
It really is. But the Glee one I love. All right. So now it goes down to my top two. And it was hard to split. <sighs> okay. Number two, the nanny. When Fran and Maxwell get married. It I've is never one of, seen like any I of your... waited so many yeah. seasons for that wedding. And it was beautiful. Wait, and so she I married loved the it. guy that was the... She married the producer. She married who she was nannying for, which is what the whole show was about. And then that was the <laughs> final episode? With. No, it was not the final episode. It was but like this in the second to last season. season. Jump, yeah, I think it was yeah. Jump the after. shark. That's so far. Yeah. That's the only one I've seen. By but it was still like it took like four or five seasons just to get there. Like, it was awesome. I love the nanny. Oh god, I love that. And then finally, I had to go with my pride and true. Is my favorite wedding episode was the series series not season series finale of the Golden Girls when Dorothy Whoa. gets married and. Talk about getting emotionally wrecked. I have never cried. I was seven years old and I remember watching that episode by myself in my basement. I cried so hard because it was the end of the Golden Girls. And it was just, uh, and she marries what's his face from the naked bullet. Um, the naked, the naked gun. gun. The Those naked gun. <laughs> Not the naked bullet. The naked bullet would be a great preacher. <laughs> and it's my favorite. And anyways, That's a good if you'll notice, these are all zitcoms because. Yes. All I kept going back to was Grey's Anatomy weddings, but something terrible always gets coupled with when a drama does a wedding, something terrible always happens. Whereas oh. in, when sitcoms oh. do weddings, oh. they're always really sweet and lovely. One, look, I think we all have Look, I'm, I'm just going to give a little bit of spoiler word to my, my list. Um, just go for it. it. Is, just go it is, for it. It is not all good uh, reasons to like. I'm fine with Norm going next. With Emily. I'm pretty I don't sure wanna, like, most of mine are unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I went for only like lovey dovey. All right, so so I'll I'll, I'll go and I have a funny yeah, sure. feeling. I f- like half of you are going to see half of these. Um, yeah. Number five, Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman, uh, where Lois that. and Clark finally get married. But they they okay. tease it the entire season. Like there's like four episodes where they're supposed to get married, and it keeps something keeps happening. And then finally, the the one where they get married is literally called "Swear to God, This Time We Mean It." That's and funny. that's cool. It's funny because it starts out and it's like, "Oh no, everything's going wrong again." And it isn't until the very, very end that they get whisked off to this like magic place and they get married. And I thought it was a really, really touching uh, moment. Um, Another one that should not be celebrated because it's actually the end. It ends bad. Um, from Frasier, when Which Daphne one? and Donnie are supposed to get married, but instead Niles oh. pours his heart out. Damn it. And Daphne and Donnie leave, or sorry, Daphne and Niles leave together. I should have put that one. I love Frasier and I forgot about that one. That was a gr- That, that would have made my list. I would redo my list if I remember about that one. Good choice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three. Uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh shoot! I forgot April that one. And Andy's fancy oh, party. That's a good. Yeah, that that was oh. my number five. Love that ah. one. It's so good. It was because it's the antithesis of it, of, of the, a wedding. The wedding episode. Yes. Like usually it's all about the wedding. This one they just throw it in right at the. It's, it's such so a cool good. Little... And watching Leslie try to unravel it. But like yeah. Ron being like, "What are you doing?" It's yeah. why I love Ron Swanson. That's, that so was my good. number five. So I'll just, such a yes. good, such a good episode. Um, number two, I think this is one highly unrated, underrated show needs more attention. Scrubs, mm. Turk and Carla's wedding. 
Turk forgets which church it's at because they have a bunch of problems and they had to rebook it at a different church. He goes to the original church. I vaguely remember watching A bunch of bad things happen, but in the end, they end up getting married. And it's a beautiful episode, especially because they get married by one of their patients in the hospital, which I think is beautiful. Again, that series is highly underrated. Great, great series. And then my number one, no shock here. It's the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Oh, that's my number one. That was my number one as well. The most screwed up. That no literally details, the one no that, that that messed me up more than any other. Like you said, you were crying, Bridget. Like it messed me up more than any other. I one. read the book. Okay. I knew it was coming, yep, I and was I coming. Still, still was hurt. like, "Wow, that was hurt. amazing." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's my top five. Now, Lucas, you said you had some of those. Oh, I should go then. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I will make this quick. <clears throat> so Parks and Rec, the April Nandy one, I was my number five, and the reason I love it so much is because it's the antithesis of the wedding episode. Uh, the next one was Party Down, Constance getting married, where she hires the catering service. I don't, a lot of people might not have watched Party Down, but it's like the best. It's such a good show, and it's just like the entire episode's a wedding episode, but it's like just like any other episode. But it's an excuse to see Constance again, who is in the show and out of the show. And anyway. Um, uh, the next one, which I will stand by, is the Office Jim and Pam episode. Not for the wedding, but for like all this weird stuff that happens around it. So we get um, the thing that always makes me laugh so much is uh, what's his face? Um, the stupid dumb accountant guy. No, oh, the dumb accountant guy, the big Stanley? fat guy. No, no, no. Uh, the um, other one. Um, he Kevin. loses his shoes. Kevin, Kevin loses his shoes. They they steal his shoes and then he has to like get he has to wear Kleenex boxes on his feet. It's just all these. It, go back and rewatch that episode. Like, who cares about Pam and Jim? Like all the weird stuff that happens to all the characters around it. Yeah, and Dwight ends up hooking up with the bridesmaid. It's just like a, a great episode. And to this day, it's one of my favorites. Number two was uh Shit's Creek. Patrick and David is the series finale. When you said series <laughs> finale, I was like, she's gonna say Shit's Creek because it literally like I love that show. And it was like the perfect, normally I'm like a wedding episode and it's it just works. Like it works yeah. as a season finale. It works as a series finale. It's beautiful. It brings a tear to my eye every time. And then my number one was the wed wedding because that is the most devastating wedding episode I've ever watched. All right, Emilia, you're in the hot seat. <clears throat> okay, so I didn't put these in order so I'm gonna do, have to do that on the fly. Um, okay, so for number five, I think I'm gonna go with... Um, I'm feeling cynical today. I'm going to put Schitt's Creek happy ending at number five. It's the only entirely happy one. <laughs> it's going to all go downhill from here. Because it was beautiful. It um, was. I, I loved that show um, because I thought, although I, I think it's really good, but I do have a suspicion that if it hadn't been coming out during the pandemic, it wouldn't have done quite nearly as well. Um, might not have landed as well, yeah. But... It was good. It was a great wedding. Very beautiful. Like everything you said, Lucas, uh, it just hit. It just hit right. Um, and then number four, I'm going to put arguably stretching the definition of what a wedding episode is, but Doctor Who, The Runaway Bride, because it's our introduction to Donna Noble. Donna. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It's a Christmas special. Um and a wedding episode, sort of. So, uh, just honestly, the rant about pockets and dresses alone, just put it on the list. Um, and then 
Number three, still in the Doctor Whoverse, from the Sarah Jane Adventures, The Wedding of Sarah Jane Smith. Because I was not expecting to find such a good two episodes. It's a two-parter, so maybe it's cheating. But I was not expecting to find... So you have two Doctor Who episodes in this list? One Sarah Jane... Uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, from a different series. Yeah. Okay, yeah. understood. I was not expecting to find such an incredible two hours of television in the Sarah Jane Adventures. <laughs> not that they're bad or anything. I just like didn't see it coming. Um, it does help that David Tennant guest stars in the, that series, but basically Sarah Jane meets the man of her dreams, or so she thinks. But while interventions by the trickster, uh, you know, cause things to unravel. Um, I won't get into it any further, but it is just... I cannot tell you how excited I was quick, when when um, the doctor burst through that door. Quick quick question, yes or no? Are the Slovene in it? No. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> that, that that's, that's why she liked go it. Ahead, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> um number two. <sighs> number two, I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put Reigns of Castamere, the Red Wedding. For the reasons aforementioned. <laughs> <laughs> and number one. Grey's Anatomy. No, Bridget didn't have from. any. There's so many. There's so I, many. There, there's literally like 45 weddings at this point. Yeah. Everyone I'm has gonna, been married, and the same characters have been married like four times multiple each. Multiple times. Yes, everyone's married. You know, on a second wedding, you can't do a, a ceremony. You got to just like you know, officer. Wait. Like, so which wedding though? Okay, which wedding? Season three finale. Christina and Burke. <laughs> I don't know if that's a yes or a no from yeah, Bridget. A, I can't tell. I'm still not over it. That's just I, devastating. It gives me, makes me cringe. I devastate. Does Harry die? More devastating than the Red Wedding. What? <laughs> oh, How many people God. die? That's oh, what we're here to talk about, okay? Oh, God. That's the worst wedding. That's the worst we're, wedding. That's that. the worst wedding. that was the most emotionally. <laughs> I'd rather have had 20 people die than see that episode again. Well, you're and in luck. Well, then oh, you should God. watch the Red Wedding because... <laughs> I thought about spoilers the season five finale on with uh it's not technically a wedding but it's with it's it's when Meredith and Derek do Sticky the post-it note. note thing yeah and it's not about them you know I don't I don't care about Meredith and Derek really it's about everything that happens around them in that episode yes it's a good episode oh, God George well, that's how I felt about Jim George. and Pam so <laughs> my boy my boy okay right. <laughs> this is over my head. I couldn't see this is oh my god we could have just did a gray's wedding ranking and it would have been very difficult oh my god that would have been you could do a whole podcast it sounds like yeah go ahead guys oh my god i would would like to at some point rank gray's anatomy wedding okay okay voting time (laughs) wait so what are what are we voting for though? who has the best one you can't vote for yourself best best one or best top okay top five yeah who has the best top five hmm I'm going with Lucas because he had the most similar to me, and I forgot about Shit's Creek. I can't believe that. That would have made my list, so I'm going with Lucas. I mean, I hate to be sexist here, but it's just because I haven't really watched any of the ones that Bridget and Malia <laughs> talked about. Uh, so I have to go with Norm. I mean, and, but I also a- a- agree with Norm. Well, then I'm voting for Emilia's list. I was going to vote for Bridget because, um, like, she just had, like, all happy ones, and I felt like that was... Like that's Wait, what so we just... should have aimed for. <laughs> so we all tied, but we also all lost. Yes. Um, wait a second, guys. There are no ties in top five. It says in the rules that if we tie after the four hosts vote, 
Then someone will cast the final vote. Someone? I wonder who that could be. I guess it'll have to be me. Ah! I'm not quite sure how I got stuck with this gig. I am the creator, after all. This is the type of crap we have Wince Mockingdale for. Let's get this over with. Norm, I did enjoy your selection of the Red Wedding, but kind of obvious, dude. Lucas, nice touch with the Party Down selection. And BB, um, you also chose five weddings. Garbage taste. <laughs> Excuse me. It's obvious Emilia wins, based on her Doctor Who selection alone. Quite the inspired pick. Well, okay. Even wearing my TARDIS blue we sweater. We all knew you would. Congrats to all of you on our first game of Top 5. If absolutely necessary, I'll be back again for the tiebreaker. Bridget objects. <laughs> I heard that. Congratulations, Emilia, on your win of... Uh, <laughs> Playing top five. Thanks. What do I win? Well, that's my cue to leave. Uh, you get to um 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 um. 